0: This is Eddie Sutton that's Mr. Eddie leeway to you and you're listening to the Brooklyn blast furnace podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. What,
1: what, what? Ah, yeah. welcome to the Brooklyn blast furnace how you doing how you doing guys what's going on episode what's 10. About- Episode ten of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace. Very exciting. Yeah, very yes. exciting. Yes,
2: we have a very special guest. Very for Episode special. ten.
1: Very special. So, uh, why don't you just introduce yourself? Because you know, there's no introduction that will do this gentleman yeah. any justice. <laughs> My
0: name is Drew Stone. I am an American film director, producer, editor, and musician. I, uh, he has his own Wikipedia page yeah, dude, open and he's reading
3: it. We haven't had anybody else fucking here with a Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're the first
0: that's one with a, wiki, with a wiki. Yeah. Ugh, that's true. That that's word. true. Hey, somebody put it together. I was like, one day I, someone was like, yo, you see this? I was like, wow, that's cool. You <laughs> didn't do that yourself? That's, that's flattering, even? though. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. It is. It you know, is. Know, somebody
1: should make a Jimmy Ferrari Wikipedia page. It would I, be fucking I, fascinating. You, you, can, thinking, you can always yeah. dream. You
0: can always dream you So, yeah. Um... Director, producer, uh, editor, uh, musician. Mm-hmm. Um, I I uh, was a part of the first wave of American hardcore. I uh, sang in a band called the Mighty COs for a minute, and then I came back to New York, and I was uh, I started the High and the Mighty. And that was up in Boston, right? Yeah. 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 And then right. from there, I joined Antidote. And that was early.
3: I mean, I fuck. I was because I grew Did up. Did in up, Boston? Yeah, yeah, I just no. grew up outside of Boston, and uh, you know, and the fucking going to the Rat and yeah, the fucking yeah. Channel and. Um, all those places, but uh, you were a little before my time, though. 1984, I was only 11, so I wasn't fucking...
0: Oh, no, I, going, I, yeah, I a little bit. I, I, I went up to uh, Emerson College to study acting in the summer of 1981. Interesting. And um, yeah. I fell in with a few people and... Uh, saw SSD Control's third show or something like that and then just kind of fell in with the crew Uh, you know it was a very small scene back then and I I was part of like that original kind of Boston skinhead crew and you know SSD Control and, and you know and then you know Jerry's Kids and the FUs and et cetera et cetera so I was there when that whole thing was really popping off. It was a really exciting time in Boston. A,
3: it, Boston's got a great scene, man. Like when I was coming up, it was Sand Black Church and yeah. mm-hmm. Tree and, you know, yeah, bands yeah. like that when yeah.
0: I was coming up. Yeah. But. I guess you would consider that, what, like the second wave? Yeah, it was like yeah, the yeah, second yeah, wave. Yeah. Of yeah. What year was that? 85 so, so well, well so like 88
3: 89 i guess was i really started going to shows and stuff like mm-hmm. that and that's when i really started seeing a lot of like hardcore bands and mm-hmm. stuff
0: okay boston was a special place i mean i guess it still is to a certain to a certain extent but you know it has it, there's so many young people and so you know so many colleges and so much stuff converging mm-hmm. there and uh, it it was it was great it's it, it's a great city To go to college in Or go to school in Mm -hmm. You know It it was great At least it was back then You know Mm
3: -hmm. It's You know I mean I've I've been here for over 20 years now So I don't even really know Boston That much anymore But like talking to people Like the scene's still Strong up there What I liked about it Like Dude, I, you know I was in a band up there, and like we used to get fucking great crowds coming up to our shows. We'd play Brockton all the time, mm-hmm. Club One Two One, and um, and then you're fucking doing DIY shows, renting out VFWs, and all sure, that kind of shit. Sure. We had the Rat, you know, on Sundays. There was a Sunday shows up there. You know what I mean? Like, but uh, Boston was like everybody. It was very, it was a very supportive scene. You know what I mean?
2: Was, was the Middle East around at that? point? The Middle East was around it also, was, right? but the Middle East, the Middle East, wasn't like.
3: I don't, they didn't have a lot of smaller bands. Like, I don't know. there was a lot, When I was a young kid, like, there was not a lot of stuff playing there that I really dug. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The older I got, all of a sudden, bands started playing there. But yeah. when as soon as, like, the rack closed and a lot of these places had closed.
0: Yeah, when I was going to school there and I was a part of that first initial uh, scene, you know, the, there there were no clubs that would let hardcore play. And mm-hmm. so we did. It was all art spaces, mm-hmm. VFW right, halls. right, right. right. Um, and, and you know and funky really funky places it didn't, they didn't take it seriously well, you know and that's, no, no, a, that's the same the,
2: thing was happening here in Brooklyn you know when you had like the temple and you had like back in the day and we were playing in like was, Ocean Parkway and some church well the rat shit. The, like
0: the rat was just like fuck you crazy kids mm-hmm. and keep in mind mm-hmm. the scene for the most part wasn't drinking. Mm. So if the if the kids weren't the kids were underage and right. they weren't drinking... they weren't going to have you in a so club. So the fucking right. rat was like, yeah. "Get fuck these kids." Yeah, right. they and, didn't you, know? want you in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. And yeah. cuz Boston was very, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm so out of touch with anything. The Boston. clubs, the clubs in Boston, you know, were very old school, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there wasn't any, you know, it was those are cluck- fucking
3: Irish white town. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. Like, and it's yeah. like, and like, kids like myself like used to get shit all the time. And I was yeah. just a long haired kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I wasn't very well accepted. And like, right. so anybody that was like punk rock or skinheads or whatever, like, you know, it was you were kind of a misfit out there. Which I was-
0: mean, it's there's I mean, we remember like the, the 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 rat would hire you know like 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 boxers to be bouncers. Right. right and right. they'd be taping no their shit. they would tape yeah. oh they, they'd be taping their hands up before like. Earlier in the evening, like taping their hands up, and these guys were just like it was a night of like they couldn't wait to get their hands on somebody. Oh, you know, there's this place, Derringers in Brockton. I don't know if you ever went that place. That, no. that place was great. Mm. Now, I, remember, I remember, you know, I'm, you know, the Rat was was always there, but we hated we hated places like that. We mm-hmm. you know yeah. we did our own thing. I mean, I mean, like you know we 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 rented the basement of the church and did a misfit show right. yeah, back yeah, yeah. then. Mm-hmm. In in uh, in. Um, I forgot the name of it but we did that that infamous misfit show in 1983 in a church we did minor threat in a VFW hall. Wow. Oh, shit. I mean wow. shit like that man. We 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 were we 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 did some bold shit. Yeah. And like and it was great because you 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 know we'd always be on the lookout for these places, you know? Mm. You know like driving around and be like, "Oh shit, look at that VFW." And you go in there and like, you know, we'd send like, you know, you know, because you could only play that once. <laughs> right, right. So, but we had a routine. Yeah, but we seriously. had a routine down. You know, we like. You know, I'd go in with like spring from S S D control and be like, you know, we're having a dance party. A yeah, new, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, new yeah. wave yeah. dance oh, party. Geez, you know, my goodness. And, and like you know, and they want like a fifty dollar deposit <laughs> and a hundred and fifty dollars to rent the room, and then like you know. It would be a minor threat show, and 500 kids would <laughs> yeah. show up. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah, we used to do that shit too. And, and and fucking, you could you could only play those places once. Yeah. And, and it was first, one and done. Yeah. When people when the, when people first started showing up, like the owners or whoever was running the place would be like, oh my god, this is great because yeah. kids are buying sodas and right.
0: snacks. Right. And all of a sudden the music starts and kids start dancing. They're like, holy fuck! Like, yeah. like, what do they do? What's going on here? There's a funny there's a funny bit in uh, in the Boston Hardcore film that I did a few years ago where kevin porter who had this space called um it it was um the media workshop and that's kind of like like where hardcore got its start it was just an art space on the fourth floor of this fucking building And, and in the film he's talking about how you know he the first show he had like you know cases of beer and cases of water and like oh no 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 he just had beer and at some point someone said to him you know you better go get some water and and in the film he says like and he's like and i said to myself like what am i running here what is this like a chuck e cheese (laughs) (laughs) like nobody's drinking beer and he went out, he ran and got a few cases of water and you know that that's what you know that's what it was about you know Mm. people weren't um people weren't you know, drinking and, and drugging wasn't a part of it, right. although I was from New York. So I came up in a culture in New York where, you know, there was drugs and alcohol, sure, of sure, course. Sure. So, you know, coming from being a teenager in New York, and I was into other things before I went up to college. So unlike a lot of those other cats, like, that really grabbed, latched onto the straight edge thing, you know, I was sort of coming from a different place. Yeah, I'm right. from New York, you know, right, everybody yeah. was sure, fucking sure. getting stoned. I came from a culture as a teenager growing up in the Bronx where, you know, I got stoned and, and, and did drugs As a young teenager mm-hmm. yeah. So And then the other part That kind of threw threw, the, threw dick in the game So to speak Was early on Like we We, we were friends With the bad brains mm-hmm. So like You know You hang out With the bad brains You know You are smoking weed oh, Fuck yeah dude You know <laughs> It was just like And I'm from New York So I'm just like You know Whenever I saw those guys It was like Yo you know? Yeah. So
2: <laughs> But that was the beautiful That's thing about awesome. the hardcore scene, man. It was really like that. It was really yeah. like that. It was it wasn't it was more about a movement. Like we've we've yeah. had this conversation before. Sure. It didn't matter if you were like Rastafarian and you smoked weed or you were straight edge and you played like hardcore punk music. It didn't matter. It was just like it was all part of one movement, and everybody was into that movement. And Everybody was there to support it. You were welcomed into it. You know, you were embraced.
3: I have to say, I felt that more moving to New York. Mm-hmm. I yeah. felt the more. Well, that sounds, you know what I mean? That, yeah, in New York, I felt it more here than I did in Boston. Boston, mm-hmm. was, I don't know, I, more, I don't know what to fight. It was a little more violent. I don't know. It mm-hmm. felt like it was a little more uptight. Like I loved the Boston scene. It was great. But when I moved here, it was almost... The dudes were bigger, but it was kind of a relief being here. It was like, Mm -hmm. somebody was just out to kick your fucking ass. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it was... I don't
0: know. Well, it's community and culture, isn't it? I mean, and and that's really what... what my films are about you Mm -hmm. know my my films are not about you know uh the history of it's not Mm -hmm. about well this band did this record and then we went did that record yeah yeah it's like that's what my my films really and that's that's what attracts me is the community and the culture right and let's say let's say you know like the new york hardcore chronicles film you know that i'm that's coming out soon it's you know it deals with old new york and graffiti in new york Mm -hmm. and and you know how the girls fit in things, mm-hmm. and right. the you know like all these different things. It's not the history of New York hardcore. Right. Right. It's the community and the culture, and, right. and it's the community and the culture is what inevitably right. early on drew us all to it. Right. Mm-hmm. But before, yeah. before we get too
1: far in, into, because obviously we're going to talk about the New York hardcore film. There's a lot to talk about. Sure. There's, sure. No, there's a lot to talk about. So that's why I just want to kind of just like like I want to ask you, Drew, like, what got you into filmmaking? What what was the What was the tipping point where you were like, you know what, Uh, this is what I want to do, and... You decided to do that. I mean, I know that you've you've made dozens and dozens of videos for hardcore bands, this and any other thing. But as far as filmmaking, like, what what what? Well, made you decide that you wanted to do that?
0: Well, my dad was a film
1: director, an and, Academy Award winner, yes, isn't exactly. he? Right? Wow, I Holy was gonna ask. I had no idea. Yeah, yes, I I didn't have any idea either until, but, until I read the Nights Wikipedia ago. page. Yeah, that's Although
0: right. my dad, <laughs> <laughs> see, that's why it's like, read, yeah, read the fucking Wikipedia. Page. <laughs> 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 I read most of it. Right. Apparently, so I skimmed. I skimmed.
3: I read the whole
0: thing But but, um, My dad was a film director So I grew up In that environment Mm. I grew up in an environment uh, Where my dad You know Was Uh was a director but he was my dad you know what mm-hmm. i mean it, it wasn't yeah. like I, and my dad and, and my dad has an incredible story you know my dad um grew up in an orphanage mm. in the you know he in, in the bronx wow. he grew up in uh, and, and his his father left and his mother couldn't take care of him and he ended up in an orphanage in the lower east side he wow. met a, he met a kid in the orphanage that had the same last name as him turned out to be He had a brother It was his brother No shit Shit. That's That's like movie shit Yeah No my my dad My dad has an incredible story And then he got out And went back to the Bronx And eventually He he went into the army And when he came out um, You know he ended up starting as a uh, back then when they had the fights, mm. you know, they they'd shoot a, a round of, of the fi- a round of boxing and the film would be handed to a runner and the runner would run the film to the lab. That was my dad's first job in the film business. Wow. He would run you know, each round they would give it to a kid and he'd run to the lab. Wow. And that's how my dad um, got into the film business and then eventually he became he worked his way up and became a film director you know wow. so but you know growing up you know he he was my dad and and my dad is uh, not a Hollywood guy I mean right. we I, I never we was' in a, we're not, we're in a Hollywood but my dad um, you know did did commercials and a few films and stuff like that and uh, he did uh, he won he won, an, he won an, a, an academy Award in 1963 for best. Um, best short film Or best animated short film With Mel Brooks Wow And wow. Uh, it, the, the, it's called um, The Critic Okay So if anybody out there uh, Wants to Google that It's it's on uh, YouTube It's a fucking classic mm-hmm. I mean It's the kind of thing Like if you see it You will you almost remember it Because I mm. used to show it In schools and stuff Okay and, Definitely and have to check that out So You know Growing up with my dad It, it was always It was always kind of like peripherally what my dad did and it was cool you know my dad did a lot worked with a lot of uh, sports figures Mm -hmm. like you know he did a a film with Muhammad Ali Mm -hmm. you know he did worked with Joe Frazier and he worked with Terry Bradshaw like so growing up my dad was always doing like this cool stuff you know I didn't understand what my dad were you hanging out as a kid though like meeting all these like big sports stars and all that kind of stuff sort of sort of I was a little separated from it like I said I mean my dad brought me on the set here and there um, but I, I was I was a little separated from it um, Joe Frazier and not a came to dinner or anything like that? No, no, no. Um, I met Muhammad Ali, but... um wow. You know, and stuff like that. But what happened was I, at a young age, I started getting into doing some acting stuff. Mm. And then I went to the Boston thing. I went to Emerson to study acting. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my life sort of... I don't want to say got side-tracked, sidetracked, but it definitely took... Oops, it took a turn. It took a turn and... um I, uh, I got into the the music thing.
3: Okay, and that so, gra- that grabbed your passion, I guess.
0: That grabbed my passion, and 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 it was an exciting, vibrant time to be a part of that music mm-hmm. scene. It was very, it was it was a very exciting time. It was the first wave of American hardcore. Mm-hmm. It was new. It was fresh. I felt like it was a very important thing that was happening. Mm-hmm. And and at the time, I did. You know, people say, "Oh, if I knew them," I really felt at the time, you know, that that this is an important. Thing that's happening, right. and and I tried to document it as much as I could. I wish I did it more, mm-hmm. but um, so the music thing, you know, took me down that road, and I was in this band, and I was and and I was in that band, and you know, I always had the fantasy that the band was going to make it. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, that's uh, you what know. keeps you going. <laughs> exactly, that's what keeps you going. <laughs> right. Well the, well, the
1: high and the mighty crunch on demo is <laughs> fucking classic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well. Well, you know, so I was in Boston, I came back to New York, and I started The High and the Mighty, and then I joined Antidote, and then, you know, I was in Antidote for a few years, and then the hardcore thing waned, and musical, you know, musical tastes kind of shifted, and, um, you know, it, it, started to, it started to wind down. And, you know, I must say that I, I do regret not um, embracing what my, my my father was doing, mm-hmm. and 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 not, you know, really learning more when he was really doing what he was doing. I understand. You know, I was. I mean, you
3: have in a way, though. I mean, you're kind of
1: doing your own version
0: yeah. of it, I right? Guess. Exactly. You know, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's like, your own like, version. Like, it's it's not exactly what he did, but obviously you, yeah. you you you're doing shit with film, bro.
0: I wasted. I feel like I wasted a few years. We um, all did chasing around the 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 music fantasy yeah, you know and getting high and 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 you know in new york and being part of that scene mm-hmm. and and a few years ago. but but what happened was which is interesting is that um from being in the high and the mighty and being an antidote and playing with all these bands mm-hmm. one day um paris mayhew who mm-hmm. played uh guitar in the chromax um came up to me mm-hmm. and because we play the same circuit right yeah. I mean the High and the Mighty I mean played you know Cro-Mags uh, early Cro-Mags I mean the High and Mighty played with the Cro-Mags before John Joseph joined right. wow. I think we played with I think I mean I, I think I saw every show that Eric Casanova sang for the Cro-Mags wow, that's pretty amazing. you know but um, so Paris came to me one day and said hey um, I'm going to SVA and I'm learning how to be a cameraman um, or is it a New School one of those I'm learning to be a cameraman this and that This band asked me to uh, do a music video for them. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was a stage manager at a film stage in Mm -hmm. Manhattan. Now, job to me always meant something in the film business. Whether it was driving a truck, I learned how to repair film equipment. Job always meant like something. You're getting paid. (laughs) What's that? You're getting paid. Well, job always meant... You know, so, something in the film business. Right. L- right. Like I, I worked in a movie equipment rental house. I learned how to fix equipment. I drove trucks. I worked, you know, I, I, I you know, movie trucks. I, I fixed equipment. I went out on shoots, uh, and then I was a stage manager. When I was, uh, when I was a stage manager, my boss said, "Look, if you rent any of the equipment inside this building outside, I'll split it with you." Wow. So, huh. so a few people would say, "Hey, you know, I, I put the, I had a van at the time, and I put a few little, you know, equipment things together, and, and rented it outside the building, and." made a few bucks and I, I made a few bucks and I incorporated Stone Films NYC. Mm-hmm. You and know Star- it's funny,
2: I just not to interrupt, mm-hmm. but I just saw Paris just posted if you saw it on Facebook. Someone told he me just that just posted uh, I mean this must be the same thing that you're talking about because he just posted a photograph of you and him huh? talking about being on this set of the video that you guys worked that's on interesting. Together,
0: right? Wow. I, I didn't see it. I'm not I didn't friends with it. Either. I'm, not I, just I, I'm saw friends it with him like, on Facebook. Shit. I didn't see it though. I'm not yeah. friends
2: with him on Facebook, yeah. so. Yeah. He posts a lot of stuff from you know he, he's constantly that, updating. That's
0: what uh, that's that's what someone someone else told me that mm. today. So um, I uh, I incorporated my, com- my my production company, Stone mm-hmm. Films NYC, right. and I was doing little you know little jobs outside. And then Paris came to me and said, "Hey, this video, this band wants me to do a video for them. Do you want to produce it through mm-hmm. your company?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Sure." Who are they? He Said Biohazard. Mm-hmm. So, right at that, it's just one of those things in life where things kind of clicked. Right at that moment, I. I did another gig and I just had enough money to get the insurance policy that you need as a production company, the million dollar insurance policy to be able to rent cameras and mm. to be able to get permits in New York City. Wow. Right as he came to me, it all came together. and. We did that turned out to be the biohazard punishment video. Gotcha. The biohazard punishment video, you know, where everyone's coming over the Brooklyn Bridge yep, and all that. Yeah, yep. yep. it's a classic yep. video. So, so we did that and that video blew up. Mm-hmm. And yep. it ran sure on it, it ran on a headbanger's <laughs> ball 14, six, 14 weeks in a row. Wow. wow. So then what happened after that was that Biohazard was managed by Rush Management, mm-hmm. Russell Simmons and them. Yep. Rush management. Rush Management were also managing a group called Onyx yep. yeah, and they had and they had a song called, they had a song called uh-huh. slam right? and they I, I got to say they had enough perspective to say let's get the rock and roll white boys to do our video sure so knows. me and Paris did the slam video and it went to number 1 on MTV That's How was it like
1: working man. with the Onyx guys How was
0: Fredro Star and <laughs> Sticky Fingers It was great it it, it was great uh you know, initially it was exciting. Uh, it was initially, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's you know a lot of times you do the first video, yeah. you do the first video with someone, and and, and they're they're like, you know, it's kind of like you're in charge. You have the ideas. Right. You're kind of running the show. The fucking video went to number one on MTV. The shit went, you know, double platinum. Yeah. And then the next, you know, the next video is like, you know. They're dictating what's going on, and, and and it's just. Did you do the Judgment Night video too? I didn't do the Judgment okay, Night. Okay, that didn't, was another Biohazard. We, Onyx we didn't do that. So. We did we did with that with, with that crew. As far as Biohazard goes, we did Punishment, Shades of Gray, Tales mm. from the Arts, Hard Side, uh, After Forever from the Black Sabbath tribute record, mm-hmm. and we did the Onyx Slam, Biohazard, Onyx together. Right. right on the Onyx on the Onyx side, we did Onyx Slam and we did Onyx Shifty. Mm. You know, okay. We did Shifty, which was the second one we did, which was a, a, a way bigger budget. So between those two groups, you know, it, we had like an incredible run, and then, and then also we did Typo Negative Black Number One. Yeah, wow. We did, we did, oh, Ki- awesome. we, did we did Kings I X. I didn't
2: know you did Black Number One. Yeah, Me we neither. Holy shit! Yeah, That's man. Amazing. Yeah, that was the run
0: we had right there. <laughs> we did, we did Kings X, Dog Man. We did. Um, Insane clown posse, chicken hunting. We, we did. We did, We did. Run D M C. Ooh, what you gonna
3: do? Mm-hmm. You know. So at that point, though, in your life, were you like, fuck yeah, I'm a video fucking maker, like know, Ball Pride.
0: Well, that that was after. Right. That's when I split with. Then there was the whole next thing after that. But so so what I'm saying is that in a certain way, I came into being a film producer and then a director in. I don't want to say a roundabout way, but it wasn't like I set out to do that like my brother did. Right. My brother kind of saw what I did and was like, you know what? I'm not going to college. I'm not wasting my time. I'm going to go, you know, apprentice with my dad. And, you know, he became a film director right away. Mm-hmm. I had a fantasy of, of, of being a rock star mm-hmm. and, you know, dicked off a few years getting high and chasing girls. And eventually, but but... It, but but I found my way to but it that's eventually. That's it. But, but, you yeah, find your way, man. When you your, your when your
3: video went number one on fucking, mm-hmm. was your brother like this motherfucker? <laughs> I've been doing this for this long. And this oh no of no, no. Got... my brother was doing the same thing. Right. My, my
0: brother was doing the same thing. <laughs> I, I just I, I just but but my brother my brother learned some really important skills that I never learned. Mm. He learned how to light things. Mm. He learned how to be a cinematographer, how to be a cam operator. Like I. I'm not a photographer. I don't. I don't know how to. And I regret this. And and I don't. Um, I don't know how to light. You know, light a set and stuff like that. Those are valuable skills. Right. I, those are the skills I never learned. Right. My skill is I'm a hustler.
2: See, that's right. the thing. Yeah. But I yeah. guarantee you, if I, you know you could probably name 3 or 4 things that you have the advantage of that right. he never learned because oh, of doubt. the course you yeah. took of course you know what i mean yeah. and that was actually that was yeah. one of my questions actually to you before but but you you know you actually just answered the question what came first was it film or was it music and apparently it was film right it was music.
0: Yeah, right? See? Yeah. Where the fuck are you, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, are fuck you John? No, no, no. He's no, no. <laughs> but he, I'm, he, know, I'm paying attention. It depends on it depends on the, the perspective. Listen, John, yeah, John, guess, John. There's a fine yeah, line with John. <laughs> yeah. No. It was it was a fi- little... it was film. I wanted it, in a certain way. It, it, right. It was. It, yeah. But then you know. Then the right, music to thing. Clean the up your mess, mess, you then, then he said. Then the music thing. No, let's not backpedaling. <laughs> but, but it was—it uh, was a great run that we had uh, doing music videos. Right, M- me right. and, P- and I have to give uh, a lot of credit to Paris Mayhew. You know, who is a very talented guy, and he's an yeah. awesome human being. He's an incredible. He's—he's um, he's a cam operator mm-hmm. now. We—we mm-hmm. um, we, we haven't really spoken much in the mm-hmm. past. 10-15 years Okay um, But we did make history together Cool You know we did We did a lot of cool stuff together mm-hmm. And and I'll always respect him uh, His professionality mm-hmm. I mean he, he really He had a really strong vision With those Is videos that, So are
3: you are saying He's kind of a dick But he's very professional <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey, is an audio podcast. <laughs> <ladies and> gentlemen. <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm <laughs> not Come saying on. any more than that. I said I, I'll <laughs> speak for Drew in saying he's a really nice guy. He's a really nice guy. Oh, that's cool. He's
0: down. a really nice guy. it oh, to I like, like hearing the, like here in the dirt. Nice what are you, what are you yeah, about? that's of course. <laughs> I like but, you always want to hear the bullshit. And then, yeah. and then when I split, when I split with me in Paris, me, the thing with me in Paris kind of waned. Hmm. He, he went. He, he got the Chromax thing going again. Right. And then I started directing on my own. And then I, I did Agnostic Front, Gotta Go. Right. I did Mad Ball Pride. I did Madball Ball um, uh, Down by Law. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I did Sub Zero. I did Marauder Master Killer. I did, you know, on and on. Mm-hmm. Vanilla yep. Ice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> did you
1: do Vanilla Ice? Yeah. What yeah. yeah, yeah, song? Yeah,
0: uh, Play but, that funky fucking no, music, no, no, no. boy? It, no, it was on the second record when he had the dreads and he was oh, smoking weed. Oh, what a shit show. <laughs> it was great, man. Did you do
1: any MC Hammer fucking videos? No, no, I didn't. You got to pray just to make so, it today? I
0: was going to... So,
3: after the <laughs> Onyx video, though, were you, did you have did you have like a lot of hip-hop guys hitting you oh, up yeah, after yeah. that? Like, oh,
0: yeah, well, then there's... Oh, yeah, so then... then well, you uh, said run
3: the MC and, Right, like, so
0: then after Onyx... We did Run D M C. Ooh, what you gonna do? Then we did. Then we did Onyx Shifty. Then we did Super Cat. Dolly, my baby. Which oh no the, Shit. Which was the first. I love that Super Cat record. That Don was Dada the record times, rules. I don't know what that Here, is. A, I know you don't. Here's it a good rules. one. So we do that. We're doing the Super Cat video, and it's got some cameos in it. You know how mm-hmm. like rap guys have like sure, you know. Of course. And of course. so, so, um, Puffy is doing a verse, wow. and this other guy's doing a verse, right? Yeah. And, pa- and there was another guy too, but Paris says to me on the set, he goes, yo, this, this guy's gonna be huge. And 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 I said I I just didn't see it. I was like no mm. fucking way. And this was the first time that this guy was ever in a video. Wow. And I was like no fucking way. It turns out to be Biggie Smalls. No fuck fucking shit. Fuck but I'm good here. like that. I'm good like that. I, 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 <laughs> here we go. I, I thought the Beastie Boys sucked. Oh, <laughs> you gotta be out of your mind. I did. I did. But wait. Here's here, here's the ultimate. Uh, here's the ultimate of, of 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 me and that and that kind of thing. You know. Oh boy. Um, right when we had the big run of videos like. <laughs> like for, for 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 a minute there me and Paris kind of had this fantasy that we're only doing videos for fucking groups that we fucking believe in that are you know oh, that no, that, that, stop. that you know like there was cuz you know cuz we did like you know Biohazard and Typo we're like yo we're only do fucking videos for you know for bands that we can get behind you know, I got you. You know so i forgot what label it was it might have been Atlantic or whatever i remember this cuz we were in LA we were shooting something in LA M- might even have been might even have been um onyx slam or something and they get in touch with us and say hey we want you to we want you guys to to do this video so you know back then they give you like a package you know like you know with you know the the, the, here's the package with the with the you know with the music and the and the the picture and the bio and all that so i'll never like a press kit i'll never fucking forget this we're driving down sunset boulevard me in paris and we open the thing up and I'm like, who the fuck is this? We're looking and we're fucking, we put the tape in and we're looking at the picture. And we're like, what the fuck is this? And it, it was that band Collective Soul, right? Wow. Okay. And it yeah, was that song, you know... Right? And we're looking, we're, looking, we're looking at the fucking picture, and we're goofing on them, mm-hmm. and, and I'm like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> I take the cassette out of the fucking player and throw it out the window onto Sunset Boulevard. Nice. And we were like, fuck these clowns, I'm right? Not doing this wouldn't you, shit. wouldn't you know it? Somebody else does the yeah, video, and sure, it goes yeah. to number one the, uh, in America. Of course it does. Fucking yeah.
3: Shine was that song. Shine, yeah, that's right. Yes. That's, that's it. Nice. Shine. Yeah. So,
0: that's that, that?
1: Yeah. Song, yeah. Right.
0: Oh, Yo, I remember looking at it and going, "Where the fuck are these guys coming from?" Mm-hmm. Like with the long hair. We were like, "That fucking shit's, Like.
2: There you go. Yeah, nice, Jeff. <laughs> oh,
0: boy. Hey, Jeff,
2: thanks for that, man. Low that was
0: cool. Yeah,
1: um, I was like, yeah. this
0: shit sucks. <laughs> and threw it out the window. That I was, was t- a time frame t- where like every band sounded, sounded like, like that. that yeah. Everyone had the same yeah. voice. That guy, fucking Creed, all Blind that shit. Melon, was in, like, no, I think stuff. this was before those other bands no, broke. No, no, it was yeah, around yeah, the, it same was, same it was the same frame. time frame. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. I just remember thinking like, these dudes don't have a chance, a chance in goddamn hell. I think the soul was like second wave grunge. Yeah, exactly. And if yeah. I remember, and if I remember correctly, they were from like Virginia or South Carolina. Like and I was like, these dudes got a better chance of seeing God than <laughs> yeah. fucking than yeah. being successful. And like, they suck. Yeah, <laughs> they have
3: a Wikipedia page. Oh, oh
2: god! Dude, oh, shit! <laughs>
3: yeah. of course. Uh, Stockbridge, Georgia.
2: Yeah, ah, right. There you go. There you
0: go. Uh, Stockbridge.
2: Stockbridge, yeah. Georgia. Oh,
0: they they was on. I was like these dudes have a f- our- these dudes have a fantasy and <laughs> a half. No, so, God. I'm always good like that. I thought I remember seeing the Beast Boys and I was like these dudes suck. And that's, when the, and when did you insane. see them? What what time frame was this? Well, when when, you know, pretty much when they were hardcore band. were a punk rock mm-hmm. band. And they, they just sucked. I couldn't even watch them. They were that right. so bad. So, Beast Boys fucking rule. It, so, so <laughs> let me ask you something
2: cuz cuz in there somewhere in that little like all that history we just heard. Huh? You you managed as well. You were a manager yeah, yeah. For, for for a period of time at least, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> and I wanted to ask you... But wasn't it like a good time that. frame? You had a nice little run there? Well, what happened was after me and Paris split, I went on a run directing stuff by myself. Like right. I said, Agnostic Front and Mad Ball and um, Marauder and Vanilla Ice. And then when that started waning I'm saying like 80 no 96 97 right yeah um, I started managing bands because I was always close with Biohazard and um, they I wasn't tour managing for them yet but because of the videos and stuff bands were constantly you know asking me to help them or manage them or whatever whatever, and there were some bands that were kind of in that scene and close to them the first band was Marauder Mm -hmm. right so I started managing Marauder and um, I got them the record deal and Mm -hmm. and did the the Master Killer video and got them out there and then I managed um, Mm Sub-Zero and Fury of Five wow Wow. And
3: we're playing with Fury of Five and fuck. I still have a, I still have a brand new stocking cap from fucking Fury of Five. Like, right. I, don't know, I was, was just, 1995 uh, you know, one. I
1: just yeah, had a real kind of the stocking caps yeah. were big. I yeah. had a biohazard one. I yeah, yeah. had a biohazard, yeah. Of course, we <laughs> all did. <laughs> I just had
0: a real perverse sense of, uh you know, mayhem. You know, mm-hmm. like, sure. you know, uh Fury of Five. Like, I heard like. Fury of Five beat the shit out of their booking agent, John Finberg. Listen, like, I, w- I was booked
2: by John Finberg when that happened. So, right. trust me, I know all about it. Right. We toured so, all the time with Fury of Five. So, and I love those guys. Right. But believe me, the stories are true. They're not, it's
0: not fake. Yeah. So, when I heard that, I was like, you know what? I love these guys. I, yeah. I got to manage them. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm well, like, <laughs> let me tell you something. Of course. I, I, I will say where's, where's, the the ca- my- where's the fucking chaos? I, yeah, I will say yeah.
2: this openly. There's one person. At that time, and I'm, you know, listen. He, I mean, John Finberg. Right. Listen, I, I don't hate the guy. But- but a lot of people wanted to do the same to him, so and, and they did it. And he, and he booked us too. And, and, and I
0: love that about them. And, and and they also beat the shit out of Cold Chamber. Yes, they oh, did. Yeah? And I yes, like that. They did. See, this is the and same. And I like that. This is where <laughs> yeah, yeah. our this is where our, is where is where our right. worlds
2: come together, right. Drew. That's right. right that's right. Why
3: did they you know? kick the shit? Was it just what's his name? That guy that I name, forgot? Guys? There was some
0: bullshit. No, no, no. They got cheeky with them down at the Stone Pony, and they just look. They were kicking the shit out of everybody. They were. I mean, they were a violent, violent band. Dude, that was a part of their thing, man. Well,
1: Twenty Five to yeah. Life is playing with Stickman as, as 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 he's going to stick to life as wow. far, uh, at this is hardcore this Maybe, year. I don't get it. Twenty Five to Life with Stickman singing, hey man, going to stick to life. Yeah, just keeping it going, bro. that <laughs> fucking things going.
0: I don't know, man. I I, I don't I don't. I don't know, and, uh, <laughs> I don't know about all that. Yeah. You know,
3: I never get another twenty-five to life.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a whole he just, other podcast. He just dissed Candiria <laughs> like, online. It was Who did? So t- funny. Rick then? Yeah.
0: not that I want to veer off into that. No love. I just want to say that Rick is sick. And yeah, Rick has not, mental problems. That's
2: why I don't engage. Nobody engages. Rick, I, you know Rick I mean? is just engaged.
0: sick. yeah So when I see everybody carrying on and and you know and you know really shitting on him online and dragging him out there, to me it's like beating up a retard in the schoolyard. Right. Oh yeah, he's that bad, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, he, he he no, he really has mental problems. Right, I'm not right, just right. being dramatic. Right, he's right. sick. Yeah. And and so he's sick. Unfortunately, you know the internet gives him a bit of a forum to right. to espouse right. his shit but you know there's a lot of people that you know really carry on about him and it's just it's just it's i find it just really um, it's
2: interesting it's, because they don't yeah. they don't see that they don't see that yeah and i mean right. you know when when he started talking shit about us and we don't i don't engage like no one engages it's nah. just like oh i'm just talking shit hey man
0: whatever leave it alone yeah hey you i'm know? not i'm not i'm not i'm not defending rick by no, no, any no, no, means no, I understand. i'm just saying it, the way from where i stand here you know rick is mentally ill mm-hmm. and to see people carrying on about you know him so much it it's uh, it, it
2: doesn't speak so much to him it speaks more to them is what you're saying and i, I, think I totally so. agree with you i agree with you yeah. 100% yeah
0: so so back to the back yeah. to the task at hand with with with, <laughs> ma- with, with yeah, managing baby. <laughs> you know with managing yeah marauder had a great run back then sure they did, and, of course they did. uh you know marauder was uh, they did a lot of hard work uh, we did the Master Killer record and Paris produced it mm-hmm. at Normandy Sound and used a lot of the techniques that were used for the Cro Mags records. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Master Killer is a great record. Me too. It's favorites. Yeah, it's really great. And you know, I was there for all that and I, and I did the Master Killer video. And they did a lot of hard work and went out and, and did some big tours mm-hmm. and did a lot of the legwork to get to the next level. And when it came time to do the second record, which was going to be produced by Andy Sneep. Mm-hmm. Which uh, who just did Machine Head and all that, and Sepultura was going to take them on a world tour. All this was set up, and they fell apart.
3: Mm. <sighs> that always sucks, man. You know, and that's the problem. Whatever you see it time and time again. Like bands are just starting to fucking get there, and as soon as they're just about to get there, it falls apart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like,
0: yeah, it's tough, man. Saying. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, and like we have perspective. We're all a little bit older now, but you know, it, it, it's hard. And what's really frustrating is when you try to implore. A, 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 People and try to you know make them understand that man you you have to you know hang in there Mm -hmm. you know you know bands bands go through a cycle of a few records sometimes Mm -hmm. before they break through and yeah Yeah. everybody signed a shitty record deal Mm -hmm. back then of course just ask Metallica sure yeah but you know what you 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 work through it. You know, it came, oh, we signed a shitty record deal. Everyone signs their first shitty record deal. Yeah, everyone, course. from fucking Biohazard to yeah. Metallica to everybody. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't just fold your tent. True. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you 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 hang in there, and and everything was set up for them, and mm-hmm. you know for the next to the next for the next level, and they they, they basically they turned on each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's a shame. Yeah. And uh, and then you know, Sub Zero. I would so so he, he, here's a segue to kind of what I'm doing now. Rest in peace, Sob. Right. Yeah. Rest. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Sob was my connection. Sob was my connection to. Um, to really kind of manage Marauder mm-hmm. and Minus, Minus was mm-hmm. worked with Biohazard mm-hmm. and you know Minus. In what what capacity did he work with them? Minus was like a, a roadie for them. Okay, like when right I first fe- when I first did that first video in in ninety two or three, a Minus was out on the road with them. Mm-hmm. So Minus was on the road. Th- that early version of Marauder was, was um, opening up some shows for them. They asked me to manage them. I start managing, them, and then they throw Minus out. Mm-hmm. They had a deal. Marauder had a deal On the table
2: mm.
0: From Roadrunner And then they threw Minus out Do you remember What the reason was? Uh, internal mean, drama Everybody internal just Internal drama, just drama, just drama, just drama, just drama. Just Ask When you see him uh-huh. Oh yeah. shit
1: <laughs> Irreconcilable differences You know yeah. Yeah, they Exactly just,
0: It was just the, I'm telling you The deal was on the table I mean I had the deal Right I stepped into the. I stepped into it with the deal on the Mm -hmm. table, and this was with Minus singing. Mm -hmm. This is before George wasn't in the band, and then they 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 fucking threw. They told me they threw Minus out. They threw Minus out, and then the deal's off the table. George comes in, and then, you know, the Century Media deal happens. Mm -hmm. So you know, you know, all all that happened, and then uh, so the Sub Zero thing. I start managing the next bunch of lunatics, Sub Zero, right, and. So Sub-Zero, it was the same kind of thing I did back then, like, you know, the, you know, stone management, we manage the unmanageable, you know, like, <laughs> I, ma- I manage you, basically, I get you the deal, I do the video, I get you the European tour, that was sort of like what was all within my means, you mm-hmm. know, like, right. I get you the Central Media deal or the Roadrunner right. deal, I direct your video, and I hook you in with that European tour with, with one of my boys whatever so and do and do th- with th- it what you will did
3: you have all these guys going at the same time i mean Marauder, fury
0: 5 like were they all like More or less, all around the same time, the same right? time More frame or less. yeah yeah but but understand like the other thing is like this was wasn't really a money making Um, I mean, I was just going to ask you, what was driving you? Because my personal
2: experience with with management is you work your fucking ass off for basically nothing in return. I was demented. Most of the time. Most of the time. But there was something good in you driving you. There was something driving you. You saw something. And what was
0: that? I just love music, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, you know, love being in the mix. And, um, you know, I just... I had a good run from the music videos. I got you. I made a few bucks from that at that time. So I was sort of skating on that. I got you. And the management thing, you know, kept me in the mix. Mm hmm. uh, You know, uh, and I and I enjoyed it. Like, I, like I was also half out of my mind at the time. Mm, right. You know, now were, so, you,
3: were you playing an Antidote at that time? Also, were you doing your own music no,
0: stuff? No, no. Antidote ended. Mm. In, right. in Antidote finished and ended in 1992 in, in a flurry of drugs and alcohol. Mm. Right. And 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 we were at the end, at the very end, we were really sort of like, you know, we were not a hardcore band. Right. Mm, at right. the end, Antidote was more like Guns and Roses. He did so, like a
1: rock thing. Going we
0: did on. a rock thing. So so. When, it's interesting because Antidote finally ended in '92, and literally a few months later is when Paris called me and I did the Biohazard video. Uh, oh, okay. So it really That's how one, one will chapter. Into place. Yeah. And, and yeah. I always look back on that because, and I feel like I, I, I really feel like I wasted the last at least year or two in Antidote, just sort of mm. dicking around, trying to, trying to, you know, hit the home run ball, mm-hmm. you know. And then you know, once I said that's it, I'm done, and you know, everything changed in my mm-hmm. life. And right. so, so Antidote was done. You know, I wasn't playing music anymore, and I had the music video run, and then the management run, and the management. So, so the Sub Zero thing, I managed. I start managing Sub Zero, right? Right. And at the time, and this segues into what part of what I'm doing now. Right. So, uh, there's, okay. there's a tie in here. Cool. And um. The misfits got back together in 97
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they signed to geffen records right and they mm-hmm. put that record um american psycho out mm-hmm. right, right. Yep. with michael Graves singing yeah yep. so when i joined antidote arthur googie was playing drums mm-hmm. and googie was in the misfits mm-hmm. googie left the misfits he started antidote with nunzio they threw out the original singer i joined antidote we used to rehearse at Jerry and Doyle, Jerry and Doyle's parents' basement in the basement. I was always friends with the Misfits, going back. I was always friends with those guys, mm-hmm. going back to the early '80s. So, managing Sub Zero, I see fucking the Misfits are back together. Mm-hmm. I, I pick up the phone. I call Jerry only. I'm like, Yo, Jerry, it's Ruston. Blah 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 blah. I'm managing this band, Sub Zero. They're a hardcore band, and um, I see you, you you're going out, you know, in Europe. I got some label backing. Is there any way you could get us in the mix? Mm -hmm. Sure, Drew. Not anything for you, bro. We love you. That's awesome. Awesome. Jerry only. Next thing. That's fucking cool. He's a fucking sweetheart.
2: Yeah. He's a sweetheart. It's so crazy because. Just around that time, <laughs> we, we wound up on tour with the Misfits <laughs> yeah. in, the late, in, the late, yeah. in the late 90s, well, around is, the same time, when yeah. they got back together with Michael Graves. We right. did something of the tour. We were booked by Bay Ridge Talent. They were booked by Bay Ridge Talent, right? By who? Bay Ridge Talent. Yes. By Ken Creedy and That's John right. Finberg. That's right. Who... Unbelievably, as much of a fucking douche everyone thought John Finnberg was, right. he was the guy. Yep. He was the guy. He had every band. And the Misfits was one of them. And we wound up on the road with those guys. Continue, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Another no, connection no, right no, there. Yeah, bro. for sure. And um,
0: so so I called Jerry, and Jerry says, Sure, Drew. And we get Sub-Zero on the Misfits European tour. Wow. Right? And this is the first time the Misfits have ever been to Europe. The Misfits mm-hmm. never played Europe back in the Danzig days. They fucking played... Once, in a, once and, in a blue yeah. fucking moon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about the Misfits. Through the swirling sands of time, people, you know, glorify mm-hmm. those early Misfits days. I was at a bunch of those shows. Mm-hmm. It was a shit People show. People fucking hated that band. People threw shit at them and the club was half filled. Mm-hmm. You know, it was only after Metallica did the Misfits songs sure. and Guns N' Roses yeah, that they yeah. fucking blew the fuck and Their merch went
2: fucking yeah. through yeah. the roof. Yeah, yep. right. See, but that's yeah. crazy, man. That's the fucking thing about it. Right.
0: A, never mind. Anyway, right. I'm not going to go off on a tangent. So, Misfits, uh, so Sub Zero gets on the Misfits tour, mm-hmm. European tour, and we go to fucking Europe, right? And Sub Zero. Uh, and and Century Media, the label. You know, gets us to Winnebago, and I'm like, yo, I'm going. I'm driving to Winnebago, right? Mm. I mean, I love it, right? I'm driving to Winnebago through Europe. You know, after every show, you know, me and Jerry only and the bus driver, you know, we were laying the map out. You know, Poland. We're free. this is, you know, the old. You know, you pull the map out. You know, this was an adventure of, of the highest accord. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. And this is this was this is this is what I love, right? And at the time, and um, huh. so I'm out on the road. With Sub-Zero and the Misfits and Sub-Zero was another band that liked to drink and and get into it. And sure. there was a lot of fights on the road and, you know, the Brooklyn and mm. it, was a, it was a really fun time. And and the fucking shows were big. It's the first time the Misfits ever played Europe. So they're playing Italy for the first time, Spain for the first mm-hmm. time, Germany for the first time and this, these are big fucking halls and my little fucking band, hardcore band from Brooklyn I'm managing is on the bill, right? Yeah, how, was, how was their response? It was good. Yeah. Hey, people loved that shit back then. Sure. You know, people, you know, you know, people loved it. So, I'm out on the tour, and that's where I meet. Well, I knew who he was, but out on the tour is Michael Alago. Mm. Michael Olago is the one who signed the Misfits to Geffen. Mm. That's when I first... And we were out on the road together. And that's when I really got to know him. Mm-hmm. Shout and, out to Michael Olago. Love that guy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the film. That's the other film that I'm making. He's is right. is uh, uh, Who the fuck is that guy? The Fabulous Journey of Michael Olago. And so that's when I first met Alago. Now, Elago, I, I I would see before that, you know, in the city every time I'd go out, whether I was backstage at a club or, or at the garden, I just kept seeing this little fucking, you know, this little fucking, you know, guy. Oh, And I would just yeah. say... and I say a little to, guy. And I'd say to myself, like, who the fuck is that guy? And that's, the, and that's the name of the film. The name of the film is... And literally, in the beginning of the film, it's my voice. And I'd say, you know, I'd go out night after night. I'd be at a club or at the garden. And I just kept seeing the same fucking guy over and over again. And I say to myself, who the Fuck is that guy And it's true That was You know I I always saw And then of course Even back then so Oh that's the guy That signed Metallica Mm -hmm. That's the guy That signed White Zombie And then I go out On the Misfits tour With my band Sub-Zero And he's out there So you know When you're traveling Together with someone There's that sense Of camaraderie And you get to know people is, you know, and and I got to know Alago, and then here we are many years later. You know, I just did a film with him that's that's coming out this summer, that's and amazing. and uh, is going to do a limited theatrical release, and it's going to Netflix. That's fantastic. And, that's, uh, fucking awesome, that yeah. that's fucking awesome. Congratulations, bro. fucking great. Congrats. And it's going to be on Netflix for two years. Wow, dude. Congratulations. Right. So awesome. the Netflix thing is cool. Yeah. You know, and you know Alago, Alago's a character. Um, he's like part of my family Wait, now. When's it airing on Netflix? You got a date yet? Uh, October. Right. Okay. Before that, it's doing it's doing a limited theatrical release. It, it's doing a little bit here in New York and a little bit in LA, and it's going to do video on demand, and then it does, and then it, and then it does it does Netflix. That's but amazing. the film, you know, the film um, has in the film is uh, the Metallica guys, mm-hmm. Johnny Johnny Lydon, John Rotten. Yeah, I saw all Cindy, those pictures yeah, that you Cindy Lauper. Out. You know, um, uh, Eric Bogosian the actor, you know, Phil Caivano, Mina Caputo, Cheetah Chrome from The Dead Boys, Phil Onsamo, Doyle from The Misfits, uh, Rob Zombie. I mean, the film has really got some oomph to it. It's got that's some star awesome. power. And, and I'll be and I'll be honest with you, that's probably the reason it got picked up by Netflix. It wasn't because of my my incredible <laughs> right. directing skills. Whatever it, did. it is, but man, it, it got, you got, you got there. the right people in it yeah, though, that's which it, is that's awesome. awesome. Well, yeah. you know, it, yeah. And, and a big part of that was was Alago. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alago still has relationships with these people, and they they stepped up. And, and when they found out that you know I was doing a documentary about him, you know they 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 were part of it. And and, and I must say, a lot of them put money up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's yeah. cool. See, that's that's amazing. Amazing. Cindy Lauper, Rob Zombie, they all contributed to the Kickstarter campaign that that nice. funded the film. Hey, that's look, amazing. you know,
1: Rob Zombie being a filmmaker too. I mean, that's fucking cool that he did that shit
0: too. Let's call the spade a spade here. Let him know, Drew Michael Alago saw White Zombie play In a shithole In New York City I have too And he signed them To Geffen Records Mm -hmm. Right, 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 right So Rob Zombie sort of remembers his roots a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And, I hope so. And, I mean, they're fucking, yeah. they're kind of a rags to riches story.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm oh, pretty yeah, I'm, certain yeah. I saw, I saw, absolutely. A, bro. I saw yeah. White Zombie at Crazy Country Club. I'm, I, I, you might
0: have, well, I, like I talk about it all the time. I'm not
2: the, even joking. The, 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 What's
0: crazy? Where what, was that in Brooklyn? Yeah. Yeah. I sort of remember that, Crazy <laughs> yeah. Country what, Club. With all the
1: toilet seats
2: on the ceiling.
0: Oh, yep. God. I don't Fucking Marauder.
2: My old band Patterns played that time. Yeah, but like
0: that,
1: that Leeway Suicidal show, White Zombie went on first that night in 1990, and they looked like a whole a bunch of homeless people Yeah Nobody yeah. knew who the fuck They were for the most part Yeah But you know And it's a shame That Rob's up Like my favorite shit Is from that La Sex and record And before That's a, like, a lot of people Don't even realize That they have like yeah. Fucking four full length Records before they got big yeah. Plus yeah. EPs This and that right. They were very noisy and yeah. Everything sounded like It was fucking Recorded in a bathroom well, I, I all, But it was awesome better. I like that crazy shit I like shit. that better too all, all that All that is dealt With in the film even yeah. that prior stuff, because I know that Rob yeah. Zombie doesn't even acknowledge any well, of no, that no, no, shit. No,
0: he does in the film. Wow! You what see? he says That's is awesome. like what, what he says in the film, basically. And I'm I'm paraphrasing here. Is that like what what we were back then? Yeah. You know, was a small resemblance of what we are now. Oh, they're completely and, different. And for a Lago to come into a situation like that. Where there's three people in a club, yeah, and and he says he's, he's like we had one riff, mm. we had, he knows we had one song. He's like, no, we had one riff, and he loved this one riff, and <laughs> and, and like Alago signed them because of one riff, of That's And And in a certain way, you know, that, that makes a great A person, sure, right? I sure. mean, it wasn't, you know, he he saw something in them, yeah, and signed them to Geffen Records. And they went on to sell millions of records. Right? Oh, forget it! I mean, look, Alago's um, jewel in his crown is Metallica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He signed Metallica to Elektra Records, mm-hmm. and um, he loved them. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alago's a passionate guy. He loved that band, and and that's 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 sort of the gist of the film. A little bit is this little. Gay kid, a little Hispanic gay guy that grew up in a Hasidic neighborhood in Brooklyn, kind of went on to change the face of the music industry. Dude, mm-hmm. fucking, he changed culture, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, did. I mean, because after he signed Metallica to Electra, that opened the door for everybody else. Yeah, yeah. you had Capital who ran out and signed Megadeth. Sure, D- yeah. you know, like the Americans signed, you know, um, Slayer, Slayer, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. That was the what. I don't know if you guys remember But when Metallica signed With fucking Electra It was like what?
2: Yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It was like Are you that kidding? That shit blew up man That, too young. that shit fucking blew up Yeah it was What's Electra that? Electra what? you mean the, the label that the fucking Doors are on? Like mm. what? Yeah You yep. know some crazy, crazy shit Yeah Yeah, yeah so So i go really You know Set that into motion mm. and, and and the Metallica guys Are in the film And they were great They were very gracious And uh, you know They they, they, they recognize yeah. You know, You know Like I don't How'd you
3: pull that out? So you interviewed... Well, who'd you interview for Metallica? All of them.
0: Oh, you did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In their That's rehearsal cool. room in San Rafael. Well, no. Yes. I interviewed Lars here in New York. All right. But then we went out to um, California and went out to San Rafael to their rehearsal room. All right. Yeah. And, and then... Yeah,
1: I, uh, saw, I saw a few pictures that you posted, of you and Hetfield yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: So, you know, interviewed Hetfield in the rehearsal room. He showed up, he showed up uh, in, you know, an old, you know, an old uh, Rumbler. Like you know, he he has a lot of old cars. Yeah, and uh, you know, and interviewed interviewed Hetfield in the rehearsal room and interviewed Hammett in the rehearsal room. And this will segue. So this will segue into the other film. I was wondering if here we go into the segue into the other film. That's why
1: I'm kind of shy. I'm I'm, I'm like fucking. I'm out of character. I'm not even talking. But that's pretty. That's pretty. I'm
3: I'm fascinated by all this, but it's fucking. How was that, like, is that, that's going to be intimidating as fuck interviewing some of these guys, or you just, like, you kind of just shut it off and go into, like, a certain mode, like, fuck, dude, I'm, like, interviewing Kirk Hammett or something like that, like. Well, in the case of the Metallica. I'd be so nervous. I'd be, like, douchey. Yeah, you'd be (laughs) douchey. I would. I'd be so douchey. You would. You'd be fanboying out. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
0: in the case of Metallica, um, I wasn't that nervous because I have a history with them. Okay. Like, you know, I know uh, Kirk Hammett from back in the day a little bit, and, and. We're the same age, influenced by the same thing. So I feel, I feel, I felt that, um, you know, these are guys my age and these are guys that are influenced by the same stuff as me. Right. And, um, so I wasn't, I, I wasn't too nervous. The, the one, the, 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 two that got me a little, and I've, on, keep in mind, I've done a lot of these already. How about right? Johnny right. Ron you, you know? Yeah. The one that really got me fucking nervous was John Lydon. Fucking Lydon, like, man. Because yeah, you hear stories. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I lo- I researched a little bit some of his interviews, and he destroys people. Yeah, you never yeah. know what you're
1: gonna get, kind of thing. I mean, he fucking
0: destroys people. Yeah. And I was like, I oh, love the John Lydon. I'm bro. like, ah, oh, fuck. So, so this is what happened with Lydon. The night before I told the Lager, we were we were in L.A. I was like, yo, call Lydon. Now, uh, now Lydon is managed and his handler is his childhood friend Rambo. Like it's the only guy he trusts. It's like a dude that grew up in the projects with him. That's Leiden's guy. So you want to talk to Leiden, you call Rambo. So I tell a call fucking Rambo, see if like we 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 wanna we should bring anything for tomorrow. Like we're gonna show up at this dude's house, you know, in Malibu. Like, you know, maybe you know, maybe we should bring like, you know, Whatever, right? Bottle right, of right. fucking bubbly. Whatever, right? So, so I'm thinking, you know what I mean? Like maybe he wants a fucking cheesecake or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So I tell Alago, a cheesecake. So I, In so New York. All yeah. Right. So I tell a lot. call fucking Rambo, find out. So that rules. It's, it's just that picture. I'm gonna bring Johnny Rotten a fucking cheesecake. Well, that that would make sense, but it's brilliant. So, so he calls he calls Rambo and Lydon gets on the phone and says, bring I want. A case of Corona, a bottle of tequila, and a carton of Marlboro Reds, right? <laughs>
2: that so rules, I, I'm yeah. like,
0: I'm like, no fucking problem. So, get a fucking case of Corona, and get, I get a case of Corona, and I get, um, a, a, it was a specific bottle of tequila right. with the worm in it, and I get a carton of Marlboro, and we drive out to, to, to Leiden's house in Malibu, right? He lives in Malibu. And I walk up the stairs. I have a fucking case of Corona, right? And we not going, we go in, and Leiden sees it. I'm, I walk in with the fucking bottle in my hand and a and case, case of Corona. Shoulder, yeah. and, and, and he goes, he goes, he goes, oh, he goes, you took me seriously. I'm <laughs> oh, fucking with you. <laughs> I got news for you. I feel. That if we didn't show up with anything right. That would have been the end of the world as we know it right. there you go. But the fact that we showed up With that <laughs> Showed to him that we're paying attention yeah. And that we give a fuck yeah. And if we're going to give a fuck He's going to give us. Because was five it a hard bottle
3: to tequila to find?
0: Yeah. I mean, to kiss well, kiss? no. I went to I went to what is it? The the famous uh, liquor store on Sunset Boulevard, um, Gil Turner's. Mm, I right. went to Gil Turner's and I and you no, know, it was like it was you know a very expensive one with a worm in it, you know. Right, right, right. Right. And he said, "Oh, you took me seriously. I was just kidding." But I knew he wasn't because right. now now I know him a little bit personally. I've spent yeah. time with him. Even just I was just with him the other night, and like now I know how his personality is. Thank God we, brought, we got that shit. No shit. And I'll tell you what, like, and I was a little nervous, That's you know, awesome. about, about interviewing Lydon. Because, look, like I said, the Metallica guys are my age. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we kind of came up, we were influenced by the same things. Even Rob Zombie, right? Mm-hmm. These are all guys that are my age. Right. John Lydon to me is like one of, you know, maybe five people uh, in the music business that changed. The course of music, man. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. You got sure. Leiden. I mean, who else is there? You got Leiden, you got Dylan. Mm-hmm. You know, who else is there? Paul McCartney? Iggy say, Pop. Yeah, you know? I was gonna say Lennon,
1: but Paul McCartney Paul
0: shot. McCartney, um you know, um what's his name? Um From from Nirvana's Dead. Mm-hmm. You know, Mercos like you don't,
1: you don't consider Iggy
2: Pop a I don't the stooges.
3: The stooges, can yeah. Fucking stand. Put it, Iggy, I Iggy, can't David Bowie, stand,
0: but Iggy Pop. Well, yeah. Oh, I mean, but Bowie, yeah. but, yeah, but I, I can't I, but, stand but, Iggy, but Iggy Pop.
3: But Iggy, but Iggy Pop was influenced by Bowie, and I think you okay. know what I mean. I mean that you that know who's
0: a big one for me? Who, who's a really big one for me? Who, like, people say, if you, like, who, who, if you could interview someone... like, who would be Roger Waters? Okay. There you like go. he wrote the wall. Like of sure, to me, of course, sure, who's dude, apparently a
3: lunatic also.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 So, like, so anyway, so. That's so. The Metallica guys didn't really make me too nervous, you know. um,
3: I also would have been like, "Fuck, man! I talked so much shit about your last couple albums." (laughs) (laughs) I feel guilty hanging out with them.
1: (laughs) So, 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 talk to us about
0: uh, what the the highly anticipated New York Hardcore Chronicles film. So here's the tie-in with Metallica and Mm. and the New York Hardcore Chronicles film. So, I interview Hetfield. And it was a great interview. You know, mm-hmm. it was great in the rehearsal room. Like, you know, it, he's a, it was great. And then I'm interviewing um, Hammett, Kirk mm-hmm. Hammett, right? And, you know, Hammett, I have a little bit of a history of his. He, he, was, friends of, he was friends with my friend um, um, Barry Krause. Back in the day, before they got big, they were into the horror thing. Barry Krause did comic books. They were they used to go to horror conventions together. I was tight with Barry. I crossed paths with him a few times. So there's a little bit of history there. Hey, Drew Stone, Antidote, whatever, blah blah blah. How's this? How's this? We talked a little bit. Of, you know, he connected me with the New York hardcore scene. Right. So uh, so I'm interviewing him in the rehearsal room, and. Um, and the rehearsal room is just incredible to begin with, the metallic rehearsal room. has got because <laughs> they've collected everything from all over the world. Right. And it's all in the rehearsal room. Mm-hmm. All the banners and the, the 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 ride the lightning backdrop and the thin Lizzie. It's just like it's like a, it's like a fucking museum. Mm-hmm. I mean sure. they, it's it could be a museum. They could charge a mission and people would just come in and bug out. So I'm talking I'm 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 interviewing Hammett um, for the Olago film, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he starts he starts looking at me. He, I ask him a question And he's just looking at me funny And I'm like where's this going I'm like what's going on and, he, and, he, he, and there's a weird pause And he goes What's up with the crow mags <laughs> And I go Really And I go bro <laughs> If you want to talk New York hardcore I'll make it fucking rain in here I will, turn, I, will, I will turn this camera off I will turn it back on And we can talk New York hardcore For my other film mm-hmm. And he looks at me and he goes let's talk New York hardcore. Yeah, that's oh, awesome. so, so I turned the camera back on and in the middle of the Ilago interview, for 20 minutes, talked to Kirk Hammett about New York hardcore. Mm-hmm. And Kirk Hammett, lover of New York hardcore, mm-hmm. um, lover of the Crumb Suckers mm-hmm. and um, the Cro-Mags. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, and this is, this, is in, this is in the New York hardcore film, he says that he thought that New York hardcore was going to be the next big musical movement at the time. Mm-hmm. The way that like grunge was for sure. for Seattle or whatever, right? Sure. Yeah. He thought that New York hardcore was going to be like, the, or the way that like like the, the Motley Crue, the glam shit was mm-hmm. out of. of, yeah, of yeah, yeah. He thought he really thought that the next big thing was good, movement was going to be out of New York with bands like the Cro-Mags, the Crumb Suckers, mm-hmm. you know, and all that. Dude, there was mm.
3: so like it should like I mean in a way it it did you know last for a long time but it was like most of the hardcore bands that I liked and still like are all New York hardcore bands you Mm -hmm. know what I mean like you know I'd like some bands from other places but even like you know grew up in the Boston area the Boston bands I liked a lot of the Boston bands but I fell in love with New York hardcore
0: well yeah, I mean, it, so the New York Hardcore Chronicles yes. film mm-hmm. is, is a film that is my, is, is my other film that's coming out this summer. And it's very odd because I spent four years working on one film, three years working on the other film, and they're both crossing the finish line at the same time. So it's a very exciting time for me. That's amazing, One man. film, like we talked about, is doing a limited theatrical release and going to Netflix. It's going to be on Netflix for two years, and it's got Sandy Lauper in it and Super Duper Stars. And then the other film is boots to the ground, gritty and grimy and that's my shit you yep. know I mean I'm, 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 I'm a New York, I'm a New it. York hardcore guy.
2: but as an artist that's that's the line you want that's the line you want to ride on man you know what I mean yeah. that's, that's kind of how you yeah. want to do it you want to be able to really balance that out and do something that's you know jumps into the mainstream a little bit but then do something that's
0: really you as much you know? as a pain in the ass the logo film has been mm-hmm. and it has been. It's been a different kind of film, and I'm dealing with a company, a distributor in Hollywood that picked up the film, and it's been very difficult dealing with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that they're fucking assholes, Mm -hmm. but having to jump through the hoops of putting a film out at that level. Like, in order for something to go on Netflix, all the releases, all the T's have to be crossed, and the I's have to be dotted, and you need the music publishing releases, and you need the talent, and, Mm -hmm. and the photo, Everything and 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 you're called to task on it mm-hmm. like it's gone through like all so it took me a, over a year to get all that stuff together, so it's been very labor intensive it sucked the life out of mm-hmm. me with that whole bit so as 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 difficult as that been, the New York Hardcore Chronicles film has been nothing but magic awesome. from the so when I, from from when I first started doing it, mm-hmm. and people people just were like what do you need, how can I help, I just wanna be a part of it, whatever you need, and and then it's just been great. And then a big part of it also was very early on, some key people got behind it, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, I got endorsed very early on by, by like, you know, a bunch of people, mm-hmm. you know, in the scene, including like, you know, um, Freddie Madball mm-hmm. Who, who you know, And his crew mm-hmm. You know Those guys all got behind me The whole black and blue thing mm-hmm. And you know Freddie went public In the initial press release the Initial press release That said that I'm, I'm directing the film He said And went on the record Saying Drew Stone's our guy mm-hmm. and, and Drew Stone's our guy He's the right guy for it We consider him a friend I can't wait to see the film And I really feel Like you know That went a long way Sure You know getting, Having that That endorsement People were like Oh wow mm-hmm. You know, it's not just like some kid right. who, yeah, who's sure. doing, a, you know, and then I think uh, my history in New York hardcore and the fact that, you know, I've been singing for Antidote, you know, and the High and the Mighty, and I was around since 1981, I think, you know, really uh, contributed, you know, to to, you know, nobody ever said... You know who the fuck is this guy making this film, right, exactly. or why? Or who does this guy think <laughs> exactly. he is? Uh-huh. It was always like, yo, this this is the guy. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there were people that were like, you know, what do you need to make the film?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I need five grand. Here you go. I need, awesome. I need another That's five. I need another five. I need another five grand. Here you go. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mention names. They're 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 you know they're um, some people didn't want to, didn't you know. Want their you know name in it? They mm-hmm. just wanted to see the film get done, mm-hmm. and that's um, incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah, shit like that's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah and so and and, the, and and the other people, their names are on the poster, you know, mm-hmm. executive producer and, and, and stuff like that. And then the film rolled around, and and, and it's also the combination of the two because if I wasn't making the Ilago film, the hardcore film. Wouldn't have been piggybacking on it mm-hmm. If I wasn't in Metallica's rehearsal room Interviewing Kirk Hammett It wouldn't have happened. For the Alago mm-hmm. film It never would have happened like mm-hmm. that Wow, it's right? crazy how yeah. so, it works Yeah So The Hardcore film really piggybacked On Alago on film And Alago deserves a, a lot of credit for that and, and I intend to thank him Every chance I get Like at the world premiere And, and stuff like that When mm-hmm. so, is that world premiere? The, the world, I know, I got tickets Right, mm-hmm. the world premiere Of the New York Hardcore Chronicles film Is Friday, May 19th at the SVA Theater in New York City, that's sold out. It's in three, been sold out. Sold out in three hours.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. And man.
0: then um, the film's going on the road after that. Um, and well, it, everyone knows. Well, well, should we let everyone know why it sold out so fast?
1: Why did it sell out so fast? Because where it got out that I'm getting tattooed in the, in the film. <laughs> yeah. My leg is getting tattooed in the Jesus. film. And people heard people win so they are like, yo, I got to see this guy's mongo can. <laughs> but right. uh, it is going on the road, you right? It out and there's there.
2: an actual yeah. tour. And is it what to talk like can we talk about the tour a little bit? Yeah, yeah. And sure. what that, yeah. what that exactly means? We're shooting the like, shit
0: here. Yeah. So, um Being that this is a real DIY film about a DIY scene and it's like I'm doing like a real Willy Loman and this film is not going to Netflix and it never will go to Netflix. Mm -hmm. It's just not that kind of animal. Mm -hmm. Like part of the only way to do a film like this is kind of on a wink and a handshake. You know what I mean? It's like. You know, once you start putting contracts and releases in front of people in the hardcore scene and all that, yeah. it changes things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this film got done based on my street cred, who I am, and yo, can I use can I use your photo? Yeah, bro. I ch- bet. You know, mm-hmm. uh, hey, can I can I do Yeah, you know what I mean? And like people are trusting me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's almost like the only way it could have got done, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? So, it, it's a blessing and a curse because that... that I don't want to say that limits the film, mm-hmm. but the film is not going to go to Netflix. It's not going to do certain things because in order to get onto Netflix, everything has to be buttoned up, mm-hmm. and that's not the case here, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So, this film is just... It is what it is. It's going to be the kind of film that, that it is going gonna, is gonna to be gritty and grimy. Mm-hmm. And it's, so, I'm taking it on the road... And um, we're doing a little Northeast tour. Then I'm going out to Hollywood. It's playing in the Egyptian... It's The, the New York Hardcore Chronicles film is going to screen at the Egyptian Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. Wow, that's, that's fucking amazing. incredible, dude. When, yeah, when, about. Cool. when is that, the date? That's July 22nd, I think. 21st. And we're doing two screenings there. And you know, we're going to have a and a with Billy from Biohazard and um, John Purcell, you know, Purcell mm-hmm. yeah. from Youth of Today. Wow, that's and awesome. And Ditto Montiel... And Todd y- and Todd Youth. Wow, man, yeah. that's amazing. They're all in the film. So, the film's gonna go on the road. The world premiere is um, May nineteenth. May nineteenth. Which the is SVA the big theater. black and blue ball. That's
2: at, that's at SVA. Yes.
3: Which now, was. Are you gonna sell DVDs for yeah. it? Or you are.
0: At okay. all the screenings, uh, DVDs and 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 T-shirts and sweatshirts and uh zip ups right uh, yep yep mm-hmm. all yeah. that stuff's on sale now it just actually today it all went online the pre-sale for the dvd as well as as well as the merch and all that's at www.thenewyorkchroniclesfilm.com and there's a listing of all the screenings so after the after the uh, the initial sva theater screening which cost a fucking lot of money to rent mm-hmm. yeah. you know the sva I'm theater sure, was yeah. Of course, sure sixty five hundred bucks to rent for, for fucking for five hours.
2: Holy shit!
0: And, wow. But I wanted to do something special, mm-hmm. and I wanted in to, New York. And I in New York. Yeah. And I wanted to, I wanted to do it um, the weekend of the Black and Blue Ball yes, when it's a great everybody idea, man. from around the world is in town. Yep. It's a great uh, idea. And who was, do you have? Uh, see, I know
1: these things, but who do you have for the Q and A for the world premiere?
0: The, for the, that's um, Roger Moret from Agnostic Front, Lou Culler from Sick of It All. And Mike Judge. Fucking incredible. You can't, that's, that's awesome. it. You're talking about you Royalty. Yeah, royalty. It's the, the A team. Yeah, you're I got right right the, right the A team. Yeah, so then right after down. that, um, on um, I think it's May 28th, mm-hmm. I'm traveling to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, the film is, is closing mm-hmm. the um, Motivate Film Festival mm-hmm. in Harrisburg. Mm-hmm. It's the final film. It's closing the film festival, which is cool. That's mm-hmm. fucking cool. And too, then man. I come back and start the big run. Um, May thirty-first is Rosendale, New York, which mm-hmm. is right outside New Paul's. Then June first is Connecticut. June second is Philly. June third is Massachusetts. June fourth is Rhode Island.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Then there's um, then it's the Gramercy Theater. I was just going to say you didn't mention the Gramercy. The Gramercy- See,
3: so
1: technically, you've taken
3: you've you've gone in your father's footsteps where you you're tape running. Mm -hmm.
1: Get it? Yeah,
2: right. He said, get it? You get it? Not to make this too weird, but I I mean, I I did interview for the film. Right Did I actually Did I make the cut Yes am, you did I, I'm in I the told move, you that I'm in the film
3: Yes I in mean it when man John is actually speaking
2: It's not
0: just I, told you, I told you You only need to see my leg That's all you I'm need to see I'm so say.
2: psyched man Thank you yeah, so much no, It's amazing it, man. I'm really happy that worked out No
0: it, no, it did work out Because you, you turn up In a segment it, uh, In the crossover segment mm-hmm. Where we were you know, where we deal with, you know, you got chocolate in my peanut butter, you got peanut butter in my chocolate. You, you got metal in my hardcore, you got hardcore in my metal. Hey, that's really and, perfect.
1: Yeah, I wanted to touch on because you said earlier that it's not a, a, your basic documentary, so right. I wanted you to expound <laughs> upon, without spoilers and letting everybody know everything about
0: the movie, about, you know, basically what the well, gist of the film is. Yeah, the film is not the history of New York hardcore. It, right. it deals with a bunch of kind of segments, mm-hmm. standalone segments that have the threat of New York hardcore running through them. Right. So, for instance, Uh You know, early in the film, uh, well, one of the segments is called The Return to the A7, Mm -hmm. where Roger and Vinny from Agnostic Front go back to the A7 for the first time Mm -hmm. since it closed in 1984, and they walk into the room, and they relive it, and it's cut in with all this old footage. Mm -hmm. There's another segment called Spray Paint the Walls, which deals with the connection between New York hardcore and graffiti. Mm -hmm. There's another segment called The Crossover, which deals with when metal and hardcore crossed over, Mm -hmm. and in that segment... Uh is like Billy Milano, Harley, mm-hmm. um, Billy from Biohazard, um, uh Louis Louis abito from Carnivore, mm-hmm. Eddie Sutton, um Danny Lilker, mm-hmm. um Bobby from Biohazard and uh oh um Gary from the Crumb Suckers mm-hmm. and, yourself. Gary mm-hmm. yeah. and yourself, yeah, and yourself. I'm happy yeah, you're, to be. I'm happy some to be good in company that. company there. Well, that's Evan, that's Evan where Seinfeld? I should be. That's the thing. Say Evan's, not no, Evans not in it. No, Evans not in it. He's kind
3: of disconnected himself from fucking everything. From what it yeah. seems. like.
0: Yeah, I mean, I used to be very close with him. I don't, speak to not speak. But then the anymore. following yeah. segment, it's just called Jimmy Ferrari's leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you turn up in the film, whereas you know, which I think, which, which I don't really turn up in the film. It's just my leg. Well. Uh, My calf. John turns up in the film. <laughs> oh, you're talking when, about this guy? When, uh, <laughs> you know, because your band, Canderia is a band, is sort of like a crossover band that was influenced by the early crossover bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and 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 I also love in the film where you mentioned and I, and I, it's a little bit of a spoiler here. You say, you know, we went to odd time signatures and not only were we influenced by the crossover bands, but we were influenced by Yes and King Crimson. And <laughs> <laughs> so it's just I Japanese love to, I, lo, I love just being able to get that in the, into this hardcore <laughs> cool. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yes, get the band Yes into the hardcore film. You know, no. That's awesome. I'm glad I'm glad yeah. I help with that. No. No, you do you, you turn up um you turn up twice in that segment, then you turn up at, at the end. so yeah, right. you 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 did make the cut. You were the last person that, that I interviewed for the film. Now, you see the film, the film, what's interesting also is that the film is shot in an episodic format. Mm-hmm. So when I first started doing the film, it wasn't my intention wasn't to make a film per se. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe it could go on almost like indefinitely. I remember you right? discussing because this. Vice, there was a little, you know there was some talk to uh, about you know vice about like like if vice would have picked it up i might end up doing a, a, a segment a month for a year or two right. you, you know like so the, fil- the so the project mm-hmm. was set up and and there was there was other segments of the film some of which i shot some stuff for it that were on the, that were on the board that that were out right that, right, that I, right. I, because because in the end i had to wrestle it down to a feature film length,
2: sure. A, sure. A,
0: a, inevitably, in the end, was an hour and forty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. But there were other segments of the film. Mm-hmm. I had to make some serious decisions sure, as to like. Sure. So what's going to be odd is when people like, which inevitably happens, is when people say, you know, start giving me a hard time or something about, you know, how come this isn't or that, or that's in it or da 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 da. da, da and it, it, which is almost gonna is, is a criticism that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, because this is it's this is a a huge 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 story. Right. My intention was to for it to go on indefinitely, mm-hmm. but in the end this is the format that I had to right. release sure, it in. Sure. So hard decisions had to be made. Yeah, I you're mean, right. You're right. would you have been you, you know like and if I would have put, you know, so there were other segments. There was mm-hmm. um there was a segment about a, a story of queens. Mm-hmm. There was a segment called The Age of Violence mm-hmm. that deals with uh. sort of like the old Castle Heights era right. yeah, and, and, sure. and those bands, Sure. you know. Um, there was a segment that dealt with Don Fury's studio mm-hmm. that had all the hardcore bands going through it wow. these were segments that were on the that were on the on the sketch on the board that I even shot some stuff for some mm-hmm. of them that I had to just go you know what I gotta prioritize sure. what's it gonna be yeah, you know sure. yeah. what, 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 what sort of you know mm-hmm. and, and that's what I did and, and so in the end we end up with like the return to the A7 spray paint the walls the crossover youth crew is hardcore dead.
1: Um, oh, I hate that question. <laughs>
0: um, the girls will have their say. There was a great band from Rhode Island called
3: Are We Dead Yet? There were, do you remember that? I don't even remember no. those guys. It was a hardcore band from Rhode Island. It was a cool band that came out of Rhode Island, too. There was Yeah, there was one. Are We Dead Are Yet? Are We Dead Yet, yeah. Mm. yeah.
0: So...
1: The girls will have their
0: say The girls will have their say Deals with, uh, deals with girls in the hardcore scene mm-hmm. Like when I first got into the hardcore scene There was a lot of girls around And there were all girl hardcore bands mm-hmm. of, uh, Hardcore bands of all, girl, all girls yeah. mm-hmm. And there was three of them, four of them There was mm-hmm. blood, there was scab, there was wench You know, there was, you know, blood You know, and so in the very, very early hardcore scene There was a lot of girls mm-hmm. And because it was an even playing field Right so and girls contributed. Mm-hmm. Girls did fanzines. Girls did photographs. Mm-hmm. So and now we go to shows and there's barely any girls. I know. Yeah, well, why I know. is that?
2: It's interesting They're you at say the black that. Metal man. shows. Now. <laughs> they are. <They're, laughs> right. They were at the grunge shows in the nineties. Yeah. No, why,
0: why are there no? And gr- that's
2: why grunge blew up. Why are there, there no girls didn't... in hardcore shows? Now? That's a good fucking question. I, I, you know, I mean, honestly, I think it. So, is, I think it has to do personally. If you, you know, if you're asking the question, mm-hmm. I don't know if you are.
0: Well, I'm, a- I'm asking the question, but I'm also. I'm, I'm, as- I'm, an, I'm asking the question. I'm also saying that this question's answered in the film. All right, all right. But so go ahead. No, 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 no but, let's but not go ahead But no, i like to,
2: you know... I, I personally think it's, um, it has to do with the, uh, you know, the, the pits and how violent hardcore has gotten throughout the years. Um, I think that may be something <coughs> that might not work for all... <coughs> For all people, you know right. what I mean, and, and particularly the ladies, they may not That's date. Right. It. Some of them do, but I think the majority. I some I of them seen do. i see some
1: girls go in and <laughs> oh, fuck it, dude. shit up. And I guess. see. I
2: see some girls that like yeah. own the pit. Yeah, Owned me too. It. It's theirs. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I do. I wanted to ask you. Um, so let me ask you this: What do you <laughs> want people to take away from this movie? Good
0: from the question, hardcore man. film? Yeah, sure. Good question. Mm-hmm. This is a good question. Um. Well, I think that the film is a very pure artistic expression Mm -hmm. because I made this film... In doing other films, there's always the how can we make it appeal to other people? Like the Alago film. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's about, you know, the sky is Mike Ilago, but it's really about someone that just loves music. And right. that appeals to grandma out in the street and this and that. And it's with, with you know, you, you want to sell the film, you want the film to get to a bigger audience, you want to get the film to Netflix. Mm-hmm. With m- most projects per se, right? Sure. So even when I did the Boston Hardcore film, it's like how do you how do you get past the it's about our little scene you mm-hmm. know or, or whatever Where can the, you find that by the way not to interrupt this question it's it, it's it's around um, it's also I, i'm i'm selling it now on my site on the on the www the new york hardcore chroniclesfilm.com oh great I can get it, that. it's a, a, i would have brought sure. a copy um, i'll try to remember next time i see you um, but he did bring us some dope fucking posters yeah he did <laughs> <laughs> So um I think that what I want one of the things that I want people to take away from the film and and I feel is the case with the film is that like yo I didn't make this film for them people out in the street I made it for us mm-hmm. right like I don't give a fuck mm-hmm. I made this film for my fucking people and my fucking friends and the New York hardcore scene mm-hmm. and in it's fucking beautiful thing, and in man. doing something yeah. like that it's like it's pure art mm-hmm. it's like it's 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 really um What's the word I'm looking for? Cathartic? Releasing. Okay. It's cathartic. It, yeah, it's yeah, like, sure. you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing this. I don't care about grandma mm-hmm. down the street or the people that are fucking hipsters in Brooklyn mm-hmm. or these jerk offs. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I'm making this fucking film for my fucking friends and my fucking people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's it. That's it. and Cut I think And in, I think in a certain way, a lot of times when you make art like that, it, it, yeah. it, sure, it, it 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 resonates. That's it, what yeah, resonates yeah, yeah. That's because what, it's
2: coming directly from the heart yeah. and soul, yeah, yeah. and that and that really yeah. it. That, that's that's so, like the so, most
0: purest essence of right. art, right there. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, I really I, I think you know, I think I, I, that's I, and I think I think that's what people are going to take away from it. That mm-hmm. it's it's like it's like an insider film about mm-hmm. it's it's an insider film, and it, it's like no, I don't think anyone else could have made this film. Mm-hmm. You know, someone else could have made an Lago film, mm-hmm. but I don't think anyone could have made this film like. The way I did it, right, right. The, the incredible amount of accessibility that I have, sure, yeah. you know, sure. and to, the history
2: you have, to people, of course, you know, sure. I mean,
0: like, this
1: I'll p- be honest with you. Like I know Drew for 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 a pretty, you know, a good while now. I had, you know, a lot of this shit is news to me. That's mm-hmm. why I'm just sitting here. I'm not even talking very much.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, I'm just so just show, you, just show your leg off. It's cool, man. So
2: yeah, You'll I, th-
0: see it I think, the think I think that's the case. You know, with <laughs> the film and. Uh, you know, I just think I think I think people are gonna love it mm-hmm. if you love New York hardcore mm-hmm. you're gonna love this film and that might seem like a very narrow statement mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not. because it's one really thing not. I've learned and and look you know me making films and being a filmmaker and, and, and an artist in particular mm-hmm. is it's it's the journey of discovery sure and 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 that's why we make art sure and in making this film to me you know uh, it was it was a learning process and, and and I think one of the things that I learned is that yo. Know, you don't have to be from New York to to, 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 to have New York hardcore in your heart. Sure. And absolutely. And like there's people all over the world that have taken what they think is New York hardcore or what or, or what they elements of it and have incorporated into their scene and their, their life and everything. Way, else. Yeah. And and I feel and I I didn't feel this way until I until I did the film really, you know? It, is that like New York hardcore represents a lot of things to a lot of people. New York hardcore is not a scene that was around in the early 80s mm-hmm. and then went away.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Like
0: the fucking DC scene. Like those DC guys, like Minor Threat and those guys, they kind of like, you know, had their fucking moment were like, you know what, you know, that shit's not cool anymore. Right. Our shit doesn't stink. We're into something else. Right. You know, mm-hmm. motherfuckers in New York. Are lifers, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sick of it all. Are lifers. Yep. Agnostic Front. Are lifers. Lifer Madball. Lifers. <laughs> it's so, crazy. so, so to me, <laughs> to, to me, so, like New York it. hardcore is something that, like, spans mm-hmm. a really long time mm-hmm. and took really. It's almost like the turtle, tortoise in the hare. You know, mm-hmm. New York hardcore. You know, has a, a, a long, a big arc. Mm-hmm. You know, and. You know, along
3: it spread too, man. Like sure. it was like that was, it, it was beautiful the way New York. I mean, New York did that, and it did it spread to the Boston area, the Rhode mm-hmm. Island. You know what I mean? The whole East Coast. You mm-hmm. know, it was very influential. It's fucking worldwide,
2: worldwide now, yeah, bro. Korea, it's fucking Korea's everywhere. I think a somewhere. big
0: part of the film too is the. is what we, came, what we said before: the community and the culture.
2: That's it. Yeah. It's That's really
0: it. what the film's about. Bottom line. So, yeah. so a big part of the film. And because and, I didn't want the film to be just a walk down memory lane, mm-hmm. yeah. so a big the contemporary aspect of the film is the black and blue ball. Sure, how this has been happening every year, and every year people come from around the world to see it. Yep, and and um, you know that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And new band, and that's how I took the opportunity to introduce new bands. I sure. Dreadfully avoided and did not want to do a walk down memory lane sure sure yeah. that just, would that would be really i didn't want to do it so <laughs> that's why you know in between these segments the thread that runs in between these segments is the black and blue bowl and is, you know, what's happening now mm-hmm. with all that. That's and cool
3: you did it like that though. It's, it's yeah. great. It wasn't it's just a walk down yeah. memory lane. You yeah. showed that so you show that it's still alive and, mm-hmm. and
0: I made a cool film, man. Yeah. I really I'm believe that. I really that. do. Yeah, super. I can't excited, wait. Man. Super excited, man. Super I, I really made I really made a cool film.
1: I already uh, confirmed uh, that I got the day off that day. I took <laughs> a fuck I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I took a vacation day.
0: So, you know, you know that that's I think, you know, people I, I'm real proud of it, you know. And and, and, and you, you know, should be, man. It was a long. You know, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. And finally, it, it's you know. It, I mean, the other thing, the other thing that we didn't. Yeah, how long did it take you to make this? Three this, years. This one took three years. Okay. The Lago film took four years, and, and they they reached the, the um, the end zone at the same time. Another thing that we didn't that, that we didn't touch on that, that factors in a little bit is I had a whole career doing extreme sports films. Mm-hmm. And I directed all the urban street bike warrior right, films, right. all the motorcycle mm-hmm. stunt yeah. films. Sure. Yeah. And um, and I started with, you know, I started with 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So that was the first the first film that I directed, which turnkeyed that whole sport. Mm-hmm. And he I direct- just showed us a, his I, calf just yeah, now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it says 12 I, o'clock on it. <laughs> I directed. <laughs> Thanks, I directed uh, nine films in seven years, mm-hmm. and I directed the MTV um, True Life right. show, sure. uh, um, I Live to Ride. Mm-hmm. So I had this. Like really great um, run um, living in that world. and for many years, my life was that sport and, mm. and stump bike riding, and I traveled the world with it, and I had incredible success with that. And uh, that was a whole nother career I had. Mm. And you know, I'm really proud of some of those films mm-hmm. and, and I'm really proud of this film too. Cool man. you know so cool. I think, I think that factors into it. Cool man. Uh, you know what? It's
2: like there's like we said before, there's so much to talk about.
1: Yeah, um, that yeah, really,
2: man. we might have to make this a two-parter. Yeah, we and have, have you back it. on if to, you don't mind coming back after,
3: sure. after you get off the road, man. We'd
1: love yeah, to have yeah. you come back. And Thanks sure. for having me. Yeah, yeah that's our, our pleasure. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, dude.
3: Thank you, man. This thank you. This a is a really awesome, fascinating, awesome dude, podcast. Dude, we didn't
1: sure. even fucking interview him. He <laughs> just fucking came down and laid it fucking. He laid it the fuck down. But that's it.
2: All you want to do is just like you know, let him do
0: what he's going to do. I didn't even sing this podcast at all. I didn't sing on this one to finish it off with a tune. No. I can't (laughs) do it on the spot. So anyway, I just want to thank everybody that's been supportive of me as a filmmaker and of of the films. And, uh, you know, uh, Mm www.thenewyorkhardcorechroniclesfilm.com. You know, support true independent filmmaking. The DVD's available. There's a little bit of merch available. You know, look for the film on the road. And, uh, And my other film, Who the Fuck Is That Guy?, The Fabulous Journey of Michael Alago, is going to be on video on demand this summer. And it is going to be on Netflix, I think, in, in September, October uh, for two years after that. And thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, I no, you, thank, Drew. You. thank you. What I, I wanted to touch on real
1: quick, though, because Drew, Drew always call, he calls me the, the, the king of the benefits. Mm. Because, no, for, for real, though, like, you know, uh, three of Drew's bands have played my shows, mm-hmm. and they've all, except Antidote played once, which wasn't a benefit show, but the Drew Sun Hit Squad and the High and the Mighty. Druson Hit Squad played, I don't know, three or four of my shows, and they're right. all benefits. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he wasn't, you know, he didn't get no money, but he gives me shit because, you know, because <laughs> I'm the king of the benefits. But, no, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> no, for, no, for real, He's though. Doing no, it, no, doing I appreciate doing it. it do for the kids. Yeah, yeah, do, it well, for, yeah you know, do it
0: for the kids. It's, uh, it's part of it. Benefits sure. are, are part of the whole thing. Yeah, and then, you,
1: know, you know, what's fucking wrong with trying to help somebody?
0: Hey, mm-hmm. well, you know, also, I think, and I know we want to get out of here. But uh, hey, we did the Doctor No show in um, Tompkins Square Park Park Mm -hmm. Park last summer, and it was 2,000 people there. I'm the one that got the permit for the park, and that's part of what New York hardcore is about. Mm -hmm. And so when people fucking you know you know whine about oh it's not what it used to be and this and that and blah blah blah, it's like get the fuck stop fucking whining. Yeah, you know what though, saying that that's that's just everybody
3: getting old. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) it is. I mean like you know I hear that about the music scene, and Mm -hmm. I even catch myself thinking it sometimes, but Never I'm like, <laughs> fuck off, you know what I mean? Like, you
1: know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm getting old, we're getting God, old. That's you know it's, not even I mean? get, it's not even getting old. I mean shit just changes. It has a natural progression. Shit of course, just changes. Is it it's dead true. and it's never gonna fucking die? You know, yeah. like it sounds hacky at this point, but it's true. It's like if there's a fucking thirteen year old, fourteen year old fucking angry kid in a fucking basement, like that picks up a guitar and listens to a fucking Chrome eggs record or mm-hmm. a fucking you know, or, or the or the high and the mighty crunch on seven huh. inch. You well, know? And everything comes in waves too, you know what I mean? Like that's for sure. Shit dies down for a minute, yeah. and then
0: some bends bring it back, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all cyclical. It's like art. It is. It, it, yeah, it is. It is. We had this conversation, yeah, you're right. It, it all... The wave comes in, and the wave goes out, yeah. and the wave comes in, and the wave goes out. It, turns, and,
2: it changes a tiny bit the yeah, next time it, it comes changes, around.
0: Yeah, it changes, and then, you know, it swings back around. Yeah. It, it's like interesting things happen, and, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, but and, and it's not... It's art in general it, right. It's not It's not just hardcore Right You know it, Or music It's it art is. It's a, It, it right.
3: is It's any sort of art form mm-hmm.
0: Yeah It's It swings back around mm-hmm. and, 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 and then it gets absorbed Into the lexicon Of people's sure. lives And mm-hmm. you see these elements Of like you know, right. you see hardcore elements turning up in weird places. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's great that you, yeah.
3: Madball was mm-hmm. just on that fucking corn tour. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, I do too. I that was that. That. Yeah, That's a great thing. That de- de- th- yeah, that's yeah. a great thing. Yeah. De- yeah. yeah. I think it's great. Fuck all If one fucking
1: kid fucking just gets into them and then does that little journey. Wow, Madball, I never really heard them, but they just fucking blew me away. And then mm-hmm. the next thing you know, they start digging around. And mm-hmm. maybe yeah. they'll fucking listen to an agnostic front,
0: cop the new Sick of It All record or whatever. And then sure. does that little... You know, there's new bands out there. Like one thing about doing this film, there's a lot. There's a few new bands that I, mm-hmm. I got. That's really interesting too. Like, I think I'm more into and involved in hardcore right now, mm-hmm. or let's just say just as much as is when I was in 1981. Which is really interesting. It's it's because I'm making the film, so mm-hmm. now I'm in the mix. I know all the bands. I know mm-hmm. what's going on. I know right. it's yeah. it's kind of incredible. That like awesome. all these years later, to be like you know, you could ask me like, like you know uh, what you know who's your favorite new band, and I could reel off a bunch mm-hmm. of bands because I've fucking seen all these you know, a bunch of these young mm-hmm. you know like regulate mm-hmm. you know regulates a killer band Kings Nine. Mm-hmm. Til, you know, turnstile. I like decimate the living. Mm-hmm. Decimate you the know. living is really cool. I mean, yeah, mani- I like those guys too. Manipulates. Manipulates not, a great Manipulates band. not. I wouldn't call them like a new band. Mm-hmm. No, because because you have it in a lot of ways now you have. I always there's, fucking.
1: There's, I always mm-hmm. talk about manipulate, but I mm-hmm. love that fucking there's band. There's
0: truly new bands mm-hmm. which regulate. their are 19, 20 year old kids mm-hmm. from Long Island, right? Right. And then you have other bands. That in, like manipulate that are really like older guys from mm-hmm. other bands that have kind of got together and started sure. a new thing, mm-hmm. right? So these are guys that have been around a long time, right. one guy, from, but they're making uh, noise right now. Yeah, it's you a know? guy from Black Anvil, it's right. a guy from this mm-hmm. one, that one, and, and, and they come together. Sure. Kings, King Nine is, is another one, mm-hmm. young guys, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, Turnstile, mm-hmm. those are New York hardcore bands. Turnstile an incredible band, Baltimore, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of cross-pollinization sure, with of these bands, but. Yeah, I love Decimate the Living. Mm-hmm. They remind me of Marauder, mm-hmm. you know, and they're kids. They're fucking, you know, a bunch of Hispanic kids from the Bronx, mm-hmm. yeah. and they're hard as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I like them a lot. Mm-hmm. They a and I, and I also love, yeah, I no, also no. love, like, because no. you know, seeing the bands like the typical bands. Mm-hmm. You go see Decimating a Living and a bunch of young kids are there. Mm-hmm. You go see regulating, it's young kids. Young right. kids that don't come to these other fucking hardcore shows. Sure. This yeah. is their band. This is the band from their generation. Sure. Yeah. You, know, you don't see these kids at these other shows mm. they they don't identify with these older bands right they identify with the, this is their these are their yeah, friends speaking to them yeah and that's, and that's their that's
2: age a, group that's a beautiful thing man because yeah. you know that means that there's new generations that are just really it's not just about older an age thing it's not a generation thing yeah. and that's, that's keeping the community and the yeah. culture alive yeah yeah
0: that's, that's awesome.
1: what's up cool Right. Well, this, was, this was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was great, man. On, yeah. that,
2: on that note, should we? Uh, yeah, we'll
3: wrap you want to? Wanna...
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll rattle off my shit. Don't don't go nowhere yet, oh. Drew. No, so all right. Well, yeah, okay, I'm the, gonna piss at the end. <laughs> at the end of every podcast, I I, I say the same shit. Um, find us on iTunes. I can't stress enough. Please download it. Um Find us on SoundCloud at the Brooklyn Blast Furnace, also on Facebook at the Brooklyn Blast Furnace, also Blast Furnace Productions on on Facebook. Twitter is Blast Furnace NYC. Check out records.com. That's Johnny's record label. Check out uh, the Lucky 13 podcast, which is also on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Come down to Lucky 13 Saloon. It's at 644 Sackett Street, Brooklyn, New York, 11217. That's the R train to Union Street. It's right around the block. (laughs) And uh, check out... Uh, Drew Stone, it's, uh, what would's... There's the Facebook page, is the New York Hardcore Chronicles page. That's right. Which has like eighty five thousand fucking likes on that mm-hmm. shit, which is incredible. Amazing. I can't get past fifteen hundred on my yeah. shit. <laughs> eighty five
0: thousand. Yeah. And what's it's,
1: the website again, where they can cop the merch and check out all your dates for the film? It's the throw? New
0: York Hardcore Chronicles film.com. Beautiful. It's long. It's the New York Hardcore Chronicles film.com. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's where everything. It's not complicated. Though. It's not complicated. Yeah, it's not all these fucking kids. rocket science. Yeah, really. <laughs> not rocket fucking you know. surgery.
1: Yep. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and is that it? Yeah, I think that's I it? believe that's it. Yeah, just download it on fucking iTunes. Are we over here now? And, oh, yeah. we're always over here now. Yeah. All right, thank you. Later. Thanks again, everybody. Later.